Hello, y'all. It's another episode of One Frame Off. I'm Brody. I'm Jess. Rose. Sorry, I thought we were going in a line. <laughs> I'm like, wait, which one of us is going? Yeah. We're too polite. <laughs> Very polite. That's our one weakness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or our greatest strength. I don't know about too polite. Mm. I just think we're just right polite amount. enough that we get by without having too many customers yell at us. No. We, no, no, no. I, I, don't like I used to get screamed at a lot. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? I'm all right. I'm good. We just had some tacos. We did. Oh God, it's Taco, Taco Tuesday. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. Whoa, whoa. Rose brought us tacos. We also wanted to get something to eat because this week it's all about food. Yes. yes. Our, not necessarily our favorite food movies, but the best that we could the come best up of the with. Best. Not, yeah. No, hold on a minute. Brody would have a very strong opinion of one of them. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Basically, we were thinking about doing a Thanksgiving episode, but we realized... Oh, yes. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. Cheers to the beginning of... It's cuffing season, y'all. Hey, yeah. Yeah, cheers to the beginning of the horrific nightmare that is Black Friday. Yeet. <laughs> family coming into town for Christmas. I will be flying to see my family for this Thanksgiving, and I'm actually really excited about it. I'm usually not, but we I kinda, am this year. Yeah, we kind of came to the conclusion that not everyone loves the holidays. Not everyone loves having a big meal with some extended family or having to shop around a whole bunch. But everyone likes food. And that seems to yeah. be like the For one For the most part, part everybody likes food. Like, we I, mean, could, we, I could comfortably say 95% of the human race enjoys food. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's also, this season's the best season for restaurants, though. That's true. Yeah. Everyone. Not for my wallet, but definitely for mm. the service industry, for sure. Oh, my God, mm. yeah. But anyways, we got a lot of food movies, a lot of opinions, a lot of hot takes on what we've seen in the media. But before we do that, what are we all drinking? Ooh, I'll start off. Before um, we get to food, what are we drinking? Yeah, just yeah. just as important as your holiday food is going to be your holiday adult beverages. Um, right now, I am drinking uh, the Sycamore Tangyland IPA. It is another local North Carolina beer. Um, mm-hmm. Tangyland, similar to the Fantasyland, but it's a little more um, citrusy. Yeah. I don't know where great... Uh... Cider Boys is from Michigan, I believe. They hey. make a, they make a ton of good cider in Michigan. Another uh, mm-hmm. New England cider. This one is their Grape Stomp. If you like grape juice, then this one this is an adult version of the grape juice. That's not wine. And I went and got me a Tall Boy. I got Hazelnut Brown Nectar from Rogue Brewing. Who I don't. They're know. from the Midwest, I believe. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking Indiana. It's something. It's something like that. Just the I, I can't. I can't remember. It's a. It's a Midwestern beer. It's good. They have a sriracha stout that I'm really fond of. That's interesting. And the stout. bottle, the bomber, is a gigantic bottle of sriracha, and the top is the little sriracha logo. Look, I have the bottle somewhere around. Does here. it have like the little like a uh, the like, rooster? Yeah. The li- no, like a little pointy top to it. No, I don't think that would be practical for like shipping. But the rooster is on there. All right, so there's a rooster. All yeah, no, I mean, like, from a distance, it looks like a giant beer bottle that's filled with sriracha. It's really dope. Lights. Yeah. That sounds horrendous. It's awesome. Horrendous? No. Horrendous, it's delightful. Jess. Did you try the ghost pepper IPA at the bar? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's burned so good. <laughs> so when we say the bar, we mean the restaurant that we all work at. It's mm-hmm. a craft Craft beer, beer sort of. Beer garden. Beer garden yeah, type area. Beer garden-esque. Mm-hmm. In suburbia. Yeah, we have a bunch of 
random beers, ciders. Always random, always some funny stuff in there. So that's kind of where we got our snooty beer opinions from. Is it? It's not snooty. Those two got their snooty beer opinions. I got my snooty cider opinions from that. Oh, place. you got your snooty ciders? Yes, I got my snooty ciders. Look, I, say I'm that three times up. fast. Snooty ciders. Snooty. <laughs> that was that was adorable. Can we loop it? <laughs> If we ever do start making a brewing company, we gotta make the snooty cider. Oh, absolutely. It would be a rosé cider. Oh, Just to be cute. I also want to, and I don't know if you guys do a lot of this. I know, Brody, you do because you edit um, all of our podcasts. Mm -hmm. But um, I've been listening to a lot of them lately. And I would like to apologize to anybody that listens for how much I say um and like. I can't help it. Oh, no, <laughs> no, just... Don't apologize for that. Let's just we we ha- we are not scripted. We are literally off the cuff. Pretty much everything, yes. and unfortunately, that's going to our... lead to me saying um and like a lot. Except for our research, we do have and absolutely notes. Mm-hmm. we do have notes with us for our research. But literally, it's just a short glance of what what information do I need? Ah, yes. 1942. Yeah, we That's spend, the year. We spend yeah. like a good day or two watching movies, researching fun facts, and then we get on here and we start recording. It's like, and go. And I forget everything that I've tried to prepare for. Yep. But now we have a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Yay, a whiteboard. And, and what is on that wonderful whiteboard, Brody? I mean, right on top there, it says chef. Ooh, let's talk about chef. <laughs> so chef from, I forget the year, but it was... John Favreau's big foodie movie and also one of my favorite comfort movies. Uh, I've seen that like five times. Uh, Jess, you... I watched it. Not I watched it Sunday night. Yeah, and um, I absolutely loved it. Mm. It, it, it really. I'm sorry, Rose, but it, it's truly a wonderful movie. I have watched it zero times, so I have no clue what it's about. Um, it's definitely worth a watch, though. It's uh, really quickly. It's about John Favreau's character who. Um, runs a very prestigious restaurant in LA Mm -hmm. and uh, Dustin Hoffman is the evil GM slash owner who wants to keep the menu the way that it is because that's what's been keeping customers happy. He's the fun police. Yeah. Well, actually, I left my notes in the other room, but I do remember writing down like, actually, from a business standpoint, I agree with Dustin Hoffman 100%. I mean, if that was my restaurant... You know, I mean, you just manage the our restaurant. Uh, my my opinion is totally skewed from my own experience, but I do, from a business standpoint, actually do agree. I agree with Dustin Hoffman, but um. So what did he do? Well, it's kind of similar to another movie we're going to discuss later, but um, uh, of course, the movie starts with the night. It's like, oh, a really famous food critic is coming to the restaurant, of course, and we need to impress him. But oh, we have to cook the same menu that we've always cooked. Yeah. There's the conflict right there. John Favreau's character. We'll call him El Jefe. I can't remember his name. He's the boss. Uh, Chef Carl Casper, is it? Yes, it is Carl Casper. Carl Thank Casper. you. Yeah. Although um, he is El Jefe, so we will continue. We can continue just to call him El Jefe because it's the most appropriate I'm sorry, thing. his name is Carl Casper? Yeah, Carl Casper. Chef Carl Casper. Yeah. I love it. It's a great name. I mean, Um, like, if you want to, if there's anyone who wants to write a good character name, alliteration is all there. Alliteration's always wonderful. Oh my god. Peter Parker, uh, Walt Whitman, Walter White. Yeah. Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson. Yeah, Wade Wilson. 
So anyways, it's the, it's the it's the same story you've heard a million times. The movie isn't good because of the story. Like that's not The plot is paper thin. It is. It's okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um you're not going to let me cook what I want. Um he, you know, like fuck you. They obviously the food critic hates the food, bashes Carl Casper all over Twitter and mm-hmm. in the media. Um, they kind of have, like, a feud going on. Can I just say, like, there's a whole, like, thing about Carl Casper finally learning about Twitter from his son. It's really good. Yeah, tell, tell Brody. And I just love that there... I just love the idea that a chef in L.A. could make an account, make one mean tweet, and overnight go get, like, verified million followers type of thing. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, but yeah. within the context of the story, he thought he was sending a private message to that food critic, but oh, it was yeah. actually his first tweet. So it was a lot of inappropriate things that you thought you were saying to someone in private when in actuality it was posted to even the world. How get verified on Twitter? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there's a whole thing. Like, you can spend a million years trying. I know it's a whole it. process and that there's, like... Um, I actually follow what's her face from Game of Thrones. Uh, oh my god, I'm blanking entirely. Maisie Williams on TikTok, oh, yeah. and she's not verified. And she says multiple times, as soon as I'm verified, is when I'm quitting this app. Nice. <laughs> I've done it. I beat it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's wonderful. She's like, as soon as I'm verified, I'm fucking done. Um, but anyways, as soon as Chef Carl Casper El Jefe gets the bad review, he is like, okay, well, I'm going to invite this guy to a real dinner, and I'm going to make a, like, a million-course meal with all the fancy, fine ingredients, but then... It was very, um, it was very, um, Latin American-inspired. You could tell just mm-hmm. from the way he's describing the flavors to the sous chefs when they came in to taste everything in that one scene, which I really loved, which reminded us, me, of us with um, our head chef oh, tasting yeah. food in the back for new dishes. And I was like, shit, like, we, we all do that. Good <laughs> ass aioli. Yeah, such. exactly. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, then, he wants to do his new menu, has it all planned out, is ready to roll, went to the farmer's market. But GM and Dustin Hoffman is just like, mm-mm, uh-uh. nope, not doing that. Well, he's not even just the GM, he's the owner, but he does all oh, of it. He, he, he owns that shit, yeah, and he yeah. owns Carl Casper. So he invites him back to the restaurant, and he gets the same meal served to him again that he hated to begin with, which I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and then, then and then there's and then Casper comes out again. He's just like real pissed off about like how dare you dishonor my cooking and my craft, and I don't even like making. This or how bullshit. fucking hard we work too. Like like this cake isn't raw yeah. inside; it's molten. I, I thought I really did love that. Like, you don't even fucking know how molten lava cake is made, you piece of shit. Like, that's not what he says, but it's pretty much what he says. So that kind Wait, of... there's chocolate molten lava cake? Oh, there's chocolate molten lava cake. <gasps> Yo, that's one of my favorite cakes. That's also really hard to make. I've tried oh, yeah. to make it once. I love baking. I can't cook for my life. We're trying oh, baking, to fix that. Baking but is I've like tried so to make that. Well, there's so many other like, elements that can fuck you over with baking on like cooking. Nightmare. Mm. I love. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Maybe we can try one night. That would be fun. We'll give but it a like, whirl. Yeah, we can try it. But that, trying to make it, I understand. You're, you're, uh, I, I, I identify with that. Mm-hmm. Same character, same. Yeah, that's sort of the catalyst that gets El Jefe into the food truck business. 
With. Per his um, ex-wife's suggestion. Mm-hmm. Wait, this guy still talks to his ex-wife? Well, yeah, they have a kid together. They have a kid together, yeah. It's, is it's, it a good relationship that they have a kid together? Or is yeah, it a shitty relationship? it's good. It's good. He's okay. just really busy. Like, like, like I, I, a lot of movies. They try will, to portray it more negatively than I think it really is. Yeah. Okay. A lot of movies will take this and be like, like, opposing. Like, how dare you take my son away from me, yada, yada, yada. But No, they co-parent really well. They're tight, okay. yeah. The, the, their relationship is not a huge plot point in the movie at and all. And What's-Her-Face plays the ex-wife, the one who plays... Uh, Sofia Vergara. That's her. I was about to say the one that plays uh, Gloria on... Um, Modern, Modern Family. Family. I love that actress. Oh, she she's, yeah, she's so she, fucking talented. She really is. She but really no, is, I, yeah. No, I'm just, you know... Some have really awesome relationships, others not. It's no, nice. they, co- they co-parent really well. They have a very positive relationship... Um, he could be a more attentive father, but on the other side of that, he also was super busy building his career. Yeah. So, he, so you it's know. a good story of him and his son hitting the road on a food truck, sort of going on this big world tour of cooking for America, eating through America, and yeah, they drive. They so they go fly to Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, him and uh, his ex-wife um, met in Miami. That's where he got his start in cooking. Was in Miami. So she's down there for business, the ex-wife, Sofia Vergara. He goes with her to take care of the child. And it's like, oh, wait, my other ex-husband could hook you up with a food truck. You know, because that's how people live their lives, I I guess. No, I love that. (laughs) She's just like, oh, yeah, I know. You know my other ex-husband? Yeah. You two could totally work together. We're casual friends. We get lunch. I love that relationship. Oh, and um, side note, the other ex-husband's Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I just flew out. My audio, but oh my god, yes, yeah, it's Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Jr. and that actress in the same movie. Oh, oh yeah, my I don't think There's they share a scene together, but Robert Downey Jr. steals the show. Scarlett Johansson is also in it. Yeah, she, no. she, I think, yeah. well, really, well, it's John Favreau. He's she's just, the she's the front of house manager, I believe. Yes, yes. John, Fa- John Favreau just went through his group chats with all of his Aven- <laughs> yeah. with all of his Avenger buddies, and it's like, hey, do you want to be in my food yes. movie? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, yes! I love this film. And just and just like just as quick side note, we really gotta appreciate John Favreau for everything he's done for our favorite franchises. It's true. He is the guy he's who like the one saving grace. He's the one saving grace. He made the Mandalorian. Oh, what a masterpiece. So great. Yeah, he, and they should have given John Favreau Star Wars a long time ago. And I'm yeah. not even a Star Wars person. Yeah, I, I know was, that. I don't even know why they didn't. Okay, Brody. And it was his idea. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> it's this, true. It's this, true. This is what our digressions are for. <laughs> and and th- he was also the guy who said, hey, you know, it would be really cool if uh, uh, Iron Man, Thor, and all the other guys were in a movie together. Just giving that little idea. You can do whatever you want with it. So... Why didn't they just give him the Avengers and not Fuckface? What's his name? The Feige's? I don't know. Yeah, Feige. Yeah, Fuckface Feige's. Yeah, why did they give Feige the Avengers? Why not give... Uh, director and producer like very the, the Avengers movies are fine. Like if we're editing any of the MCU movies, I have least of a problem with those. Um, getting back to the yeah. point, no, though. I'm just, just, I'm just saying, you know, different roles. I, I different mean, roles, I know. yeah. I know. So There's Chef like, Carl Casper makes a good-ass Cubano. Yes, he okay. makes a, a really good Cubano, and for those that are not familiar, that mm-hmm. is mojo roasted pork, ham, Swiss cheese, pickles, and mustard on French bread or Cuban bread, mm-hmm. and pressed, Cubano. pressed cracker thin. Yeah. So it's like 
It's a panini. It's yeah. a hot ham and cheese. But, but I didn't say that Cubans, and I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, I loved sorry, um, Cubans. all the love yeah, for Cuban fun. food in this movie. I uh, lived in Florida for years. My first restaurant I ever worked at was a Cuban restaurant, a local Cuban restaurant. So as soon as I saw that this is the direction they were going in, I instantly fell in love with everything because Cuban food especially is like, when it's made correctly and when it's authentic, it's like there's nothing else like it. Like oh, there yeah. just really isn't. Uh, media noches that they make also are very similar to a Cuban, except they're served on a sweet bread. Hmm. And then, you know, yucas and tostones. I, I can go on and on, but I, I absolutely loved um, the emphasis on Cuban food. But they, re, they refurbish a really shitty um, food truck, which mm. it's a great scene, like him working with his son, um, his sous chef from L.A. What's that actor's name again? We talked I about him last have scene. no idea. Last... Okay, he, he's Mercutio from Romeo and Juliet, and yeah. he was also Luigi in the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry. Um, he's so good in this, though. Um, he goes down to help them. They fix up the truck, and then they drive it back to L.A., and that's where the bulk of the plot is, fixing mm-hmm. up the trunk and then truck and driving back to L.A. While so learning to fall in love with his son and get back together with... Bond uh, over cooking. And bond over cooking, yeah. Oh, wait, does he and his ex-wife get together? Oh, they get together. They get married at it's, the end, of course. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. It's, oh. it's all right. But they teach they teach little Percy how to work the line, which I absolutely loved. Like, mm-hmm. he's in there pressing the Cubanos with everybody, getting in the shit. I loved it. Missed opportunity. Yeah, he should have married Scarlett Johansson. I think so, too. I think it made more sense for the plot. Like, if I'm writing a movie and I have Scarlett Johansson <laughs> there, I'm marrying Scarlett Okay, Johansson. Scarlett Johansson and Sofia Vergara. I mean, it's a win-win. Oh, my God. This Look. is like every dorm conversation I've ever had. Yeah, it's true. Well, <laughs> then there's me. I don't You know, he could just be chilling with his bro the entire rest of the movie. No, no. Nah, nah, he need a woman. Why? He does in particular because he's just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's a movie, and at the end of movies, you have to find love and get married. That's how it's supposed to happen. Yeah, I don't know. No, not for Aladdin. I know we're devolving, but Aladdin is the only Disney prince who doesn't get married at the end of his film. I guess so. It's implied that, Yeah, but they definitely consummated. He becomes Sultan. No, he he gets married in the second film. Yeah, well, I haven't seen the second film. I'm never seeing the second Aladdin. I appreciate your devotion to Disney. I know, I just completely devolved the conversation. No, you're good. Hey, that's a Rose's fun fact for the day. Rose's fun (laughs) fact. (laughs) We'll make it a segment. Rose's fun fact. Put in the sound effect. There it is. Yeah. That's lovely. Um, a few things on this movie that I want to touch on, besides just how delightful it is, mm. um, is how he translates his love for um, those he's cooking for into the food. Yeah. I'm not wording that correctly, but like he literally looks like he's fucking all the food that he's making. The secret ingredient is love. It, no, it's his passion for food. It's, it's extremely yeah. sexual. Like, it's, 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 it's extremely okay, sexual. Allow me to amend that. His sexual passion for food. Mm. Yeah, well, so, uh, me and Brody were talking before we started recording, and, like, there's definitely the pasta scene of okay. him and Scarlett Johansson. And she's just eye-fucking the shit out of him while he's making her pasta. Just which, looking like, at him like, super relatable, I know. Eat that pasta, so. And then there's a scene where he's, like, making a grilled cheese for his kid, which, first off, like, there's, like, four or five different cheeses on there and all, oh, the, yeah. all I'm thinking is like that is not a grilled cheese you make for a child 
most children would, would take a bite of that and be like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Where's my Kraft American slices? Yeah, my taste sharp. buds are too um, developed. Too I, I taste everything. I don't like it. It's too sharp for them. But he literally looks like he's making love to that grilled cheese. Oh, yeah. As he's pressing it. Like, I, but also, um, if you need to learn how to make a grilled cheese, I learned a lot from this. That reminds me, like, the whole thing about there is an anime, the cooking anime. Oh, right. Is that the one where the clothes, like, explode about food off their wars? body? Yeah. That's Food Wars, I think. That's Food Wars. It's, oh, I don't God. hate it. <laughs> it just sounds silly. Brody, you would actually <laughs> like it. But you would probably like it. <laughs> well, because his whole goal is to make the worst food possible. <laughs> because, but he's really talented, but it's his goal to make the worst food possible. Okay. In Food Wars, he's like, I want to make the shittiest food possible, but all my food ends up being, like, really fucking great. Yeah. And I look sexy as hell doing it. And all these women swoon like over Flay. me. like Bobby just like Bobby Flay. Just like Bobby yeah. Or at least Flay. how Bobby Flay thinks Bobby Flay is like. Exactly. Or except with more, like, green chilies. One more thing we didn't mention about um, Chef, and we would be remiss not to, are uh, beignets. Oh, beignets. <laughs> yeah, we, we have to mention beignets and um, how important they are um, between that father and son dynamic. So for those who aren't Houdats or New Orleans people, uh, beignet is sort of like a light cakey donut. It's still fried in oil, like all that, and like doused in powdered sugar. Is that the thing that um, Tiana makes yes. in Princess and the Frog? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking when, yeah. you, when Jeff said beignets. I'm like, isn't that Princess and the Frog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It's very so. New Orleans, French-American fusion type of deal. Um, also, uh, what they do do what they do in the show, that the movie that I really like, is um, every city that they stop and they take a little bit of that culture with them and take it on to the next city. So, like, they still sell Cubanos the whole time, but when they make it over to Texas, they've got beignets on the menu. And then in Texas, they pick up a ton of um, brisket, I believe, that's been Mm -hmm. smoked for, like, two or three days. Brisket? Yeah. And, of course, it would be brisket in Texas. 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 Um, And they incorporate that into their Cuban food, and they, you know, and I I just really liked, um, like, the... How the cross-cultural far, how far representation from my from Miami to LA. So it is very literal cross-country. Like literally, yeah, from tip to tip. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. No, literally, like that, like that's like almost at the fucking bottom of Florida. Like, yep. I, you know, yeah, tip to yeah, tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in, in a food truck. It sounds like a fucking nightmare, but they made it look uh, enjoyable. It's so greasy. What? It looks. It, 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 it seems enjoyable, but it sounds like the worst thing you could ever do. So, if you were to serve this to your family, which of the dishes would you make from this film that I could reasonably make, or what would be the best? I gotta say, I gotta give an. I gotta, I gotta give an immediate answer. Uh, the uh, sexy pasta, the pasta <laughs> goleolio is the actual name of it. It's just pasta, parsley, lemon juice, garlic, uh, chili powder, and olive oil. Yeah. Okay. I would probably do Cubans, but they wouldn't be that good. <laughs> the Cubanos. The sandwich. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're Cubans, Cubanos. Um, I'm white. I'm going to call them a Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I'll have one Cuban, por favor. <laughs> it's like, all right. Nah, they know what I'm talking about. They don't give a shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, um, shoot, there was one more thing that I wanted to mention. Oh, the, actually, my biggest gripe with this movie, other than the happy wedding at the end, is um, How dare I feel you be like happy at the end. I really feel like he jumped on getting that restaurant really quickly and wasn't food trucking for that long. He literally, within six months, opened up that restaurant. He didn't even food truck for that long. Well, I didn't. I know he got the offer. He could have refused. I yeah. mean, it takes about what three days, three four days of driving at the very least, maybe five to get from Miami to. I think they were out for like two weeks. They took two weeks to get there, right? I would assume so. Like if you're stopping around, like they're stopping yeah. around and spending some time like, in the al- city, almost nonstop. It would take a few days. So I would imagine it doesn't really take that long to get there. Like two weeks. Yeah, I can see that. Well, there's a scene at the end of the movie which we didn't mention to you, where he's at like it looks like a food truck rodeo in downtown LA, and the same uh, food critic from the beginning of the film stops by the food truck and gets them fo- gets the food. Eats a few Cubans and is like, this is the best shit I've ever had. You're cooking for yourself again. Hey, guess what? I have some money. I want to open up a restaurant and give you full control. It's like, wow, that, how convenient is that? And then it's literally six months later, it pans on the screen, and they're having a wedding at the newly opened El Jefe oh, restaurant. Oh, wait. So he, okay. It's I a, thought that he food trucks around and no, then opens a restaurant. I, I, I don't think he food so trucked for that long. around for about two weeks. And then we'll, we'll, we'll give it an honest month to two months. Yeah, I think is realistic. And then, so he only food truck. We'll say for a few months because opening up a restaurant, developing a menu, six months. I mean, that's kind of fucking amazing. But yeah. they're professionals. It's a it's a good fee, it's a feel I mean, good no, movie. it's a feel like, good movie. I feel like you could do that though if you've opened a restaurant or if you done it several times. Well, I saw the interior and it was really small. <laughs> like like the main dining space maybe had twenty tables. It's one of those new hip that's places. Lar- that's where still larger than a dining table. That's still larger. 20 tables is still far more than what Ratatouille had at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, there's a lot of rats eating there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but the human, it was mostly for rats. Tables. It was mostly for rats. Yeah, but the human tables. I don't, like I, don't, 10. I don't remember what the... I can't remember the end of Ratatouille. You're talking about like the very end, right? Well, there's yeah. even yeah. micro restaurants and bars in Japan that only seat like three or three to ten people. Like I... I I'm, I'm not getting uh, like hung up. We're not going to get hung up on the size of the restaurant. It's, <laughs> size it's, doesn't matter. No. You food. heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, but um, I recommend Chef 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, food is definitely at the center of this movie and also um, a father-son relationship, which is always nice to see. It's about food. It's about loving what you do. It's about... if you, Even if you fall out of love with it, you can find a way to fall back in love with it. And... I don't know. It's positive. It's if you don't want anything like. Granted, these people do have lots of income at their disposal. We will also bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He 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 got to max out a credit card for like eleven grand. Uh, not a lot of people can do that, but still. I also love that there's just like a bunch of like anyone who's worked back of house can like see all the fishy characters from <laughs> yes. Chef and be like, uh, are you still drunk? Yeah, a little bit. I'll be fine for the day though. Oh, yeah, God, absolutely. You know, absolutely. The amount of coworkers that we've had come in hungover or like shit, hung shit. Over. I was y'all's manager oh, yeah. coming in hungover on a regular basis. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you work a double, sketch. have two hours of drinking, and then you open the next morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the lifestyle. Be, you're gonna be feeling. I it. mean, that's this one in Ratatouille really um, show the back of house. I killed a man with this thumb. 
um, Rose, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic point and a, a perfect segue for us to discuss Ratatouille. Um, the back of house scenes in Chef and Ratatouille are probably so some of the most accurate of what um, mm-hmm. a kitchen functions like. And, and even trendy. on the yeah. food truck and Chef, how a line functions and the skills that you need to function in those environments. Yeah, and the amount of communication, like how in Ratatouille, the head waiter or the head waitstaff, that guy, he's always like back there talking to the kitchen staff. Yeah. The amount of time that servers talk to the kitchen, just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Oh, yeah. That yeah, is expediting, so um, working Especially expo have, is not easy. Yeah. Especially not. if you have someone order like, I want medium shrimp, I want light onions, I want, and can you put it on a bun, but not a toasted bun? Like Yeah, and just hold all these things, even though the menu says it's already mixed together. And you gotta write it on, like, one ticket, and then there's just some dude who's like, I would just fuck? like to throw this out here, that if you are going to a nicer restaurant, like the ones uh, depicted in Ratatouille and in Chef, mm-hmm. um, you should not make substitutions if it's not for an allergy. Eat the di- dish as yeah. the chef intends. Someone is in the groove making this food just the right way, and you just you will you will put your server in such a situation where they will get yelled at. It's not even about that. It's more so like this is how the food is supposed to taste the best. Mm -hmm. So when you take out different elements, you are really fucking with how good that dish is going to taste. I once worked at a taco place where we didn't have any like the make your own tacos, and everyone was mad about that. There was one that's amazing though. I love that. Yeah. So there was one dude who was just like fried fish extra mustard not a couple of pickles some of those uh, onions it came out foul and then it was just like trying to find a manager and it's like this tastes bad and i'm like yeah because you customized all of it that's a bad recipe you made yeah Yeah. and the main message for everyone who doesn't remember ratatouille it's Mm. about a rat named remy his name is ratatouille no, his name is Remy. <laughs> I thought his Ratatouille. name was Remy. My little brother called him Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. I know, I know his name's Remy. Yeah, his name's Remy. Yeah. So Remy is a rat who has a dream of becoming a chef and gets the. They're all in Par- They're all in France. He starts out in like the outskirts of Paris, which the amount of like passion to show different foods in like the Parisian region. Parisian is, region is awesome. Sorry, that was just tapping me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, weird. say that three times fast. Parisian, Parisian region, Parisian, region, Parisian, region, Parisian, 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 Gets separated from his family and all those guys. All the instead of finding them, they have his so, other his rat pack. You know, he yeah. does. So okay, backtracking a bit, he starts with a pack living pack of rats living in the outskirts. Like they're like field rats, right? Yeah, yeah they're like they, scouring for whatever food they can find. Yeah, they pretty and, much live off this old broad that lives in a stone house by herself. But that comes back around later. Yeah. And they get thrown out of the house because the lady's like, oh my god, there are rats on my property. As she should. As she fucking should. As she fucking should. She fucking, should. Yeah, fucking vermin. Yeah, we'll, we'll actually get to that point later. Mm-hmm. So they get, like, chased out of that region. Like, he ends up in the sewer, like, Remy ends up in the sewer system, gets thrown into the Parisian sewer system, and ends up in Paris. He finds this basically kind of like a failed... I want to say he starts as a dishwasher. 
Uh, we talking about Linguini? He, yeah, Linguini. I thought yeah. he was he a dishwasher. He, no, because like, he got the job because mopping. his uncle or something. Yeah, his dad owned like his dad was the, one of the most famous chefs in all of Paris, mm-hmm. and didn't know that that was his dad. What's the the famous chef man's name? Gusto. Yeah, Gusto. Thank you. Yeah. So, but he's working at Gusto's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Gusto, Rose? Uh, so Gusto is like this fat, jolly, <laughs> famous. A chef who's world renowned, and everybody hails him. He has five Michelin stars, which is really fucking hard to do. And also, you don't keep your Michelin stars. It really depends. Like you can gain them or you can lose them. It just depends on the season and the food critic. But it really is like the biggest honor in the food. It really can you really get five Michelin stars? You can. Okay. There are very few restaurants who actually have right now. I heard of like two or three. As of 2020, there's a less than five restaurants that have five Michelin stars. That oh. is how hard it is. Oh, I, I, it should be, right? Yeah, no, yeah. it's like the highest honor to get one. It's really subjective though, right? I mean... Yeah, it depends on the food critic. And, and that's important because the food critic mm. goes to Gusto's, eats his food and says, this is the worst shit I've ever eaten. Gusto loses a star... And he's like heartbroken. They also have the stars illuminated above the restaurant, which is really good. I mean, you gotta advertise that. Well, yeah, no, really. but I mean, like for kids, it's a really good representation of what's yeah. going on with the story if they've yeah. been like, so he yeah, not the paying star attention. Because the um, or if you're like me, critic is like, oh, this is shit. Mm-hmm. And then he dies of heartbreak because he lost one of his stars, and his restaurant loses a second star oh. because he died. Yep. So the sous chef gets a letter and part of his will, Gusteau's will after Gusteau died, saying, hey, I want you to hire and train my son, who I legitimately didn't even know existed until this lady sent me a letter, but I'm dead and I can't do anything about <laughs> That's what the letter says verbatim. Yep. Well, that's what the will is. Look, I'm about to get dead. Just give him a job. <laughs> I'm about to get dead. No, I'm going to put died. that in my will. His yeah. will is like, oh, I want my son to, you know, know who his father is because I wasn't a part of his life. And I, and I feel bad about it. And I didn't know until I was dying. So find my son, train him up, and make him, like, give him the restaurant. Make him useful. Yeah. So and this the is Linguini. Chef, this is Linguini. He's talking about Linguini. So the sous chef finds Linguini. It's like... Linguini, for those who haven't seen, is an adorable, tall, spindly, red-haired man. He's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's adorable. But he's, he's a curly useless. ginger with the big Pixar nose. But yeah, he's like useless as a cook. Yeah, he can't. He, he can't, can't cook. cook for anything. So the sous chef reaches out to him and is like, "Look, I can give you a job. I can like try to train you or whatever." He ends up as a dishwasher. Yeah. And he meets... Which is also um, a fair way to start in the restaurant if oh, you're yeah. coming back a house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, because dishwasher does a lot of the prep as well. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they if do. You're, if you're bored and don't do anything, you're either put online... Well, you're going to peel potatoes. Peel potatoes, yeah. put online, put on prep. It doesn't matter. Like, you're going to be all integrated into the, the preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The restaurant machine. And so the chef that he works with, what's his name? Oh, the little guy? No, the lady. Oh, the lady. Oh, oh I can't. She's my favorite character from this movie, actually. Colette. Colette. Sue Chef puts 
Linguini with Colette mm -hmm. to try to like see if he's worth putting on. Well, they're trying to fuck over Colette too. Yeah, no, he yeah. hates Colette because Colette is like this strong-willed, kick-ass lady mm -hmm. in the kitchen and will take control from him the minute that he shows any kind of weakness around her because she's done it before apparently. Yeah, like she's she, definitely better. She knows she knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. So. So that's a setup for Linguini. Um, and then Remy comes in. So yep. Linguini gets fucked over and is like, oh, I'm never going to make it as a chef. At least I have a job as a dishwasher. I'm kind of fine with that. Remy sees him and is like, oh, wow, this guy sucks. Let me help him. Yeah. And he ends up like coming home to Remy making food. And he's like, this fucking rat? Well, just to backtrack a little bit, they... Linguini kind of catches him. It's like, oh shit, rat in the kitchen. I gotta go yeah. out and kill him. But it's like, wait a minute, this rat can talk to me, and we can maybe try to work something out because he can cook and I can't cook. Well, yeah, he comes after he catches him. Comes home one day and finds Remy in the middle of the kitchen, and he's like, oh shit, you can cook. Cool, <laughs> teach me. Teaching does not go well, yeah. so Remy's like, okay, I can pull on your hair and bite you. To make you do the proper thing. So he drags him like a giant robot, like yeah. on top of his no, head. No, I'm thinking a marionette. And um, grabs like two strands of his hair like to control him. Yeah. Can we just take a sec? It's so weird how they're just pulling his hair, which is supposed to direct him. But he looks fucking possessed. And nobody rat. calls it out. No. Nobody calls out his weird behavior. Well, he was weird to begin with, though. Like, like, like. Honestly, um, if, <laughs> if there's a few people we work with, <laughs> I can say for like, like for sure that if they just started walking around like that, we'd be like, guess that's what they're doing now. What would you <laughs> like, do if you're just continue. going to a three star, three Michelin star <laughs> restaurant and you just see a little oh, no, bit no. of the back of house? And there's a guy who just like limbos underneath <laughs> and just contorts his arms to stir a pot. I would go there all the time. Yeah. Not even, he's like lifting up all the spices. They got the freaky everything. rubber man doing the doing the so, lawn today. Then he's like, uh, sous chef is like, this guy is too weird. I really don't think that he is the heir to the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So he gets a lock of hair at one point from Linguini. And he had to, the lab sent it back and was like, this is rat hair. And he, and the green is a rat? And he's like, no, that's not rat hair. He, the, he's like, what? There's not a rat in my kitchen. The sous chef gets mad because the head waiter is like, no, yeah. oh, we had to send it back to the lab arguing that whether or not it's rat hair. Sous chef's like, what? No, there is no rat in my kitchen. What the fuck are you talking about? He gets really up in arms. It really starts like watching to the point of stalking. He go he basically goes crazy trying to discover Prove. his secret. Prove whether or not he's like being controlled by a rat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge um mouse hunt vibes. I don't know if anybody yeah. here has seen Mouse Hunt. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite Nathan Lane movies besides uh Birdcage. <laughs> so he like finally fesses up and tells Colette about the rat, and Colette's all mad at him. And Sue, they had gotten, like, kind of, sort of, not quite gotten rid of the sous chef yet, but they're working on it. Yeah. So, the Linguini gets really popular for all his cooking, and they're like, oh my gosh, you're Gusteau's son, they never knew, of course you can cook just as great, because your dad, and that's running your DNA or something. The, the, um, 
Well, Laguini started off as like not necessarily the saucier, but he made all the soup, which is how it all started. He mm. made this one really bomb ass soup that they added to the menu, yeah. and everyone from all over came to try. Um, well, Remy is. Famous yeah. soup. Which naturally leads to Linguini kind of getting a big head, being like, yeah, that's up. That's what's up. I don't have a, a rat telling me what to do. I did all this myself. Yeah, so, I made this soup. So the food critic comes back, and he's like, look, I intimidated your father. I'm going to intimidate you. Cook me the best dish that you could ever make. And I'm very partial to ratatouille. So then he's like, oh, I can make you the best ratatouille you've ever fucking had. And the food critic's like, I look forward to it. Mm. Oh boy. Maybe like the most iconic. I think they highlighted I think they highlighted earlier in the movie how um Remy makes his way into the house that they live near in the Paris countryside to get saffron. Um and uh well I think that's what they put in the ratatouille that reminds the critic of his childhood is the saffron. So, side note, saffron is the most expensive spice out there. Yes. And it can run, like, depending on the weight of it, can run several hundred dollars. If I'm not mistaken, it's like the tiny little like strand that comes out of a specific flower. Yeah, it looks like a little red thread. for a short time. And one of those small little red threads could do you like 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. $20. Mm-hmm. And depending on the weight, like I said, it can run upwards to hundreds. Although I will say that one little thread, if you put that in the water when you're making rice, it'll make it amazing. Yes. It is. It does its job really spice well. Spice of life right there. Yeah, it really is. But we were talking about him eating the ratatouille and flashing back to... In his childhood. His childhood We're talking home. about the food critic. So... Yeah. They make... So... Linguini finally confesses up to Colette, and Colette's like, oh, fuck, okay, fine, you're useless in the kitchen. Well, we have to make this work. Everyone else, you know, fucking quit on you because they're not happy with you. And Remy's clan is like, oh, hey, look, we know we treated Remy terribly, and we didn't mention this at all. But Remy's relationship with his clan is actually pretty shitty. Yeah, his father and his friend are not really accepting of... Is it his brother? His brother I is thought they like were friends. Yes. No, his brother is really awesome and he doesn't encourage it, but he does, you know, accept it. He's like, all right, Remy, you're going to do this with or without me. I prefer you to do it with me. Well, his brother's just like, you know, you make some good ass food. And yeah, like and he's, he's like, a foodie. Oh, Dad's oh, not you. into it, though. Dad is like, absolutely fucking yeah, they're gonna Your job is to sniff this food and tell us if it's poison or not. Because he yeah, had a really good nose. We never gonna... mentioned that. Remy has an amazing nose. Yeah. He oh, yeah. can sniff anything and know what's going to taste good with it. Like, is it off? Um, which is what he uses yeah. to cook such amazing food. In the very beginning, when food. they're living at the old lady's, like, brick and mortar house... His main, Remy's main job was a poison checker, which mm-hmm. was, because, like, his, nose, his, like, amazing sense of smell, he can tell whether or not food is poison. Which is a really good trait for a lot of chefs. Spe- not specifically just for poison, but just... Yeah, just, like, being able just, to smell and know what's in it is yeah. outstanding. Or just understanding, like, the quality of something based yeah. on smell. So, fast forward, Paulette's like, shit, we have to make this work. And Remy's clan is like, oh, hey, you know what? We've had a change of heart. We're here to help. And one thing that I will say, 
the scene that follows is the like this entire clan of rats going through the dishwasher. Because they're rats and they're dirty and they gotta get clean. They gotta wash their hands and all that. Yeah. This movie, he would never... Uh, Remy and Linguini would never have made their timeline because all the rats would be dead. Yeah, those fucking industrial dishwashers. They get really hot. It just depends on and what the they're chemicals. doing. Yeah, the chemical. They either get super hot to sanitize or it's... Pumped full of a ton of different chemicals. If this Which, movie was true to realism, those rats would come out with dead. no hair and dead. But this is when the movie gets like super Disney off the rails because it's like, um, like Beauty, not Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, where instead of like yeah. all the animals helping you clean, it's like a pack of rats just working in a five star kitchen trying to pump this food I out. I just have a personal digression I want to go to. I remember seeing this in theaters with my mom and. The whole time, she's just nauseous because she worked in kitchens and she's from New York, which is like the <laughs> which is like the crazy rat capital, rat capital of, the world. of the world. Yeah, yeah. the closest thing they have there is Pizza Rat. And I swear to God, <laughs> when we got when we got to the end scene where these teams and swarms of blobs and rats just are like covering like every inch of the kitchen. I just saw her like almost faint and I'm like, Ma, you good? And it's like, no. <laughs> I wanna go home. Yeah. No, this so movie's disgusting. They the ratatouille that they cook in the movie is a legitimate recipe. Mm. Was made that recipe was actually developed shoot, I don't remember the name of the chef. But I was under the impression that ratatouille, it's a Parisian peasant dish, and it's been around for forever. Yeah, but the yeah. specific dish that they make in the movie, it's the, been around forever. Like, there are mm-hmm. different versions of it, but the version that they make, that layered version with all the vegetables and how the like well, how, how thinly, Yeah, how thinly sliced they are and the way they're presented in that circular pattern. Because the times I've had it, it's always like, you do your best in a dish. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Everyone tried to do the thin layer ratatouille, but a good chunky ratatouille is the next. A good chunky ratatouille is but just like as good. But the dish that they make mm-hmm. takes four hours yep. to make. Or like, two hours and 500 rats. Yes. <laughs> yeah, really. No, not even two hours. Just like mm, Let's five, see. 15 no, minutes. The prep <laughs> is done. The prep is done, you know. Uh, yeah, but you still got time. cook time. I would, I, would, it, I would imagine the cook time is not that long. It's just maybe vegetables. Like two hours. Yeah. No. It, no, like a slow cook, like a nice slow cook. 350, maybe an hour, hour and a half. 350? I was thinking like. Whatever, 15. we're not chefs. 315? No. On a real I guarantee slow you the prep cook? is what takes. Well, yeah. it, well we don't you know what Email us or comment if you know how to make this dish and can. This specific version of this dish. Yeah. I know it takes four hours to make. Come here, make it for us, and then we'll believe you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teach us how to make I'm not going to believe mm-hmm. you in, until I can try it for myself. But so they serve it to the food critic. Food critic has this flashback to his childhood and he goes, oh my gosh, best dish I've ever made. Yeah. He gives them at he least. He has one. a flashback to his childhood because. The food critic's mom is the old lady that uh, that lives in the house with the shotgun. With the shotgun, <laughs> where the, where um, Remy and his uh, clan, his clan lived outside of the food critic's mother. That was the old lady at the beginning of the movie. Thus, the addition of the saffron that Remy's obsessed with for the entire yeah. movie. Oh yeah, no, that he not immediately transports the food critic back to his childhood. And I just love the connectivity of all yeah, of that. That was a detail I totally missed when I was a kid watching it and only really 
put that together like in the past like year or so. Yeah, yeah you um, and you will only notice it if you remember what the house and like the like the area. Yeah, like it's, it's really it's, it's really subtle. It's, it's not. It's only like a couple seconds. Yeah, it's not, and it's not super yeah. important to the plot. But the like I said, the connectivity of all those things is really nice. So the food critic is like, oh my gosh, this is the best ratatouille I've had in a commercial kitchen. I'll give you a. A uh, star back. He actually yeah. gives them one of the stars and back. And he was like, well, I'd love to meet the chef. Yeah. And he's and just like, like oh, no. You're going to have to wait a while. Gonna, yeah, you're, you're going to wait until everyone leaves. leaves. Yeah. And we're all closed for the night. Then you can, so he like sh- tells the, the Does critic, he come around back? <laughs> no, they no. present. No, they take the chef's hat. And Luini is holding the chef's hat in his palm. He reveal he takes the chef's hat off and reveals Remy's the rest. Ta-da. And he like has a moment of the the food critic has a moment of what the actual Yeah. Fuck? At first he's like, Oh, okay, funny joke, whatever. And then and they're they're actually, like, no, no, no. He's surprisingly on board pretty quick though. Yeah. I mean <laughs> not the health inspector, but no. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was another thing. That, that was a, something else we missed. The health inspector walked in on the, <laughs> the gargantuan amount of rats in the kitchen. Yeah. And Remy's dad, Remy's dad yells, "Get him, boys!" And this health, poor health inspector is like having a panic Wouldn't it, wouldn't it yeah. be great if it, you, you, you guys seen? Um, I'm sorry to digress, everybody, but are you all John Mulaney fans? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you seen um his first? What's this first stand-up of his called? Uh, I'm I new, new in town. New in town, yeah. Smash a bottle. Scatter! Scatter! <laughs> I want to see a rat smash a beer bottle and just yell, Scatter! <laughs> That's what they're thinking all the time. Yeah. <laughs> God, if only yeah. they had the balls to do that instead of get them boys. Yeah, the, uh, the, the rats, like, overtake this health inspector as he's having a panic attack because he's being overridden by rats. Mm-hmm. They throw him it's into like the most cooler. most worst nightmare. They, they oh, throw yeah. him into the cooler with the sous chef from earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, they lock him up, keep him there. The, they have this whole interaction with the food critic, and they explain what happened to the food critic. And the whole time, he's just banging his head against the door like, help. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like screaming, hollering, trying to kick the door down. One Eventually, small plot point we didn't uh, mention that is kind of important to how evil the um, current owner of Gustav's is. is that Yeah. yeah. Um, he um, wants to turn all their recipes into frozen food entrees and is oh, looking yeah. at merchandising and franchising. Which, to be fair, is kind of a smart strategic move because that's As a capitalist, like, yes, but in terms of like I mean, what Gustav would have wanted. That's what Olive Garden did. But, but you yes. can't compare Olive Garden and Fol- Gustav. Following the yeah, trend yeah. of like food movies, he's doing the soulless move. And that yeah, he's doing the soulless move. I mean, go- he's going against not. the wishes of the man who just died just to make a quick buck, which he would not have supported at all. It's like yeah. you said about how like the manager in uh, Chef was kind of right. It's not about that. It's a no. food movie. You were supposed to feel good and validate I still like total like a regular look, a regular person who is going into a restaurant like Rose wants the chicken and wants the molten hot lava cake. They don't want to eat like what sweetbreads and like sauteed squid. That's more my Brody, me and you would go in there and be like, you know what, like I'll I'll try it. I, I would eat like I five would, plates oh, of squid. squid. You kidding before? me? Squid's awesome. Huh? I've eaten squid before. No, it's the whole squid. They're not. They're not battered, and they have all. Yeah. The, they have all the tentacles, and they're sautéed in a pan. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. That, that I have to. I, have, I really have to hit pinpoint that. 
The little gasp just gave me. I'm like, wait, <laughs> you eating squid? Oh, have you had cal- it's calamari, right? Yes. Yeah, have you had it like unbattered and like steamed? Or I've raw? Steamed. I haven't had it raw, I haven't steamed. Or if you can just get like those little tiny octopuses. And yeah, that's them. what they look like. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like most people are going to not stop at a restaurant because that's what they see is on the menu. Right. They like, want... It makes sense. Like you're, you're yeah. pandering to the lowest so, common. Yeah, the casual foods, the chicken tenders. And yeah. Whatnot. I mean, that's that's kind of what the sous chef wants to do with the restaurant moving forward. Mm-hmm. And um, at the very end, they had to let the health inspector go. The health inspector closes that restaurant down. But because, Linguini, yeah, of course, he would not forgive that. They're, they're fucking rats. Millions of kitchen. rats. You can't have rats in the kitchen. Anyway. No. They took me hostage. Yeah, really. And so they are able to open a different um, restaurant. Luguini and... Colette. Colette are able to open a different restaurant at the very end. And the... Um, the, the food critic is there, critic, too. Yeah, but he lost his job. Oh. He like quits or something. He's he's fine. He changes. He like either changes, quits or something. But I don't think he's a food critic. No, I don't think he quit being a food critic. He wrote he wrote up how great the dish was, and then goes to Remy's new restaurant and eats ratatouille like every day. It's on the menu. I remember that was another detail I picked up on. Like his whole shtick is like, "Why are you so skinny if you like food?" And it's like, "Well, if I don't like the food, I won't eat it." And then like at the end, he's actually like gained a few pounds. Yeah, he's gained some weight. He's eating that ratatouille every day. Yeah, he's got a good BMI now. That's a good point. He's not the food critic is not a healthy weight. No, because he's like stick thin and it's like I don't eat this kind of food. And then, like, at the end of the movie, he's gained a few pounds and is actually looking healthier. Yeah, you Because he's actually eating food. You could just dismiss it as, like, Pixar being like, I want to make an evil skinny man. But if you actually saw someone like that. Yeah, it's really hard to judge, like, um, a Pixar animated character's, like, actual body health. Because they're all exaggerated to represent a certain part of their character. But I'm not trying to be like, oh, no, he got fat. It's just like, no, he's actually He does look unhealthy. He's pale. He has dark circles. Look, regardless of how spindly his legs are, he is a pale, sickly-looking man. He's got a good BMI. He can and actually, really he can actually survive winter now. Yeah, really. Well, and that was Ratatouille. Yeah, there was a lot of good movies, good, good scenes. But, in like, that yeah. back of house, though. That back of house scene, and I guess some of the front of house that's portrayed in Ratatouille is really realistic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. Um, I want to talk about, I feel like we've discussed both of our, probably our two biggest movies that we came yeah. up with in terms of The two something. big food movies we really wanted to get into today. Yeah, that are the most feel-good out of everything. Well, Julia and Julia is a really good feel-good movie, too. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but... Um, I've only seen it once, and I'll just touch on it really quickly. Um, it's Amy Adams and Meryl Streep, and Amy Adams is a writer mm-hmm. who is cooking her way through Julia Child's cookbook and, you know, blogging about it. Yeah. Um, Meryl Streep plays Julia Child, and they uh, just, like, flash back and forth between, like, uh, Julia's career and how she became who she is, and then Amy Adams cooking her way through a cookbook. I The only thing I've seen from it is clips of... Uh... Uh, Ju- Meryl Streep as Julia Child just sort of having fun in the kitchen, drinking, cursing, and yes. just being like, oh, shut up. Now make this pie. Yeah. yeah but then um, she has, like, mental well, breakdowns. It, Julia Child, you know, right. went to uh, cooking school in Paris, too, so it is 
relevant. That's where she learned her craft there. Oh, I wonder if she when did not a lot of women um, it were was accepted. Yeah, um, the hairs. A yeah. lot of women weren't accepted into culinary school and weren't taken seriously as chefs. Uh, Julia Childs was one of the first um, to do it in on such in such a public way. I think that was another part of Ratatouille when Col- when we first like really see Colette. She just She's has like not. this big like over it rant of like yeah i'm i'm everyone always says oh they want mommy in the kitchen but you actually put mommy in the kitchen and no one even respects you there and so, no yeah. women have to work 10 times and harder she's in those like, environments in like colette all of the staff are terrified of her and she like rule could rule the kitchen with an oh, absolutely. but no one lets her she's like look i could be the best chef in this entire fucking kitchen but nobody's letting me do it so Nobody respects that I'm here, which is why I'm not even, like, a sous chef. What I really want to touch on with Julia and Julia, um, besides that it is another delightful, feel-good movie, um, it's just a great time all the way around, is um, Amy Adams is at-home baker and chef, cook, and she's cooking through all these gourmet meals in Julia Child's first cookbook, I believe. Um, So the flashbacks are her writing it and going to school for it. Um, are the mental breakdowns that she has yeah, when the I, recipes don't go well because I have never related to anything more in a movie. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times um, I have tried to bake something or cook something and I am just in tears, I'm surrounded by dishes and I'm scraping some slop into the garbage can and going to McDonald's. Like It's baking. the most relatable thing and I feel like uh, people who are learning to cook or even who are um, really good at it don't ever discuss their failures enough because they're just as plentiful as the successes. Yeah, no, ba- like growing up, uh, like baking and such, there are so many times where my dad has come home from work and I'm literally like a pile deep of cookies like in the fucking trash can because yeah. the, the, the money, you have, wasted, yeah, the money you have wasted, the money you have wasted, the time you have wasted, and then all the dishes you have to do. But it's not mm. wasted though, because that's how you grow. That's how you get better. It is, and, and sometimes you didn't realize how human it was, and, <laughs> and yeah. then everything oh, got fucked. When you have movies <laughs> where it's like, a rat can do this, just no problem. But. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've called my mom, like, my pound cake didn't come out, she's right. She's like, well, how humid is it today? Yeah. Did you compensate the temperature for the humidity? Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck off. Like, yeah, she cooks in Miami every day, so she's constantly like... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. My yeah, mom, no, my mom's community. a professional baker and sells cakes and cookies, so we talk about this a lot. Yeah, no, the community will fuck your shit up. Yes. That was a lesson I learned really hard, was like, how many times have I tried to make this damn cake? Uh, you learn it really hard, yeah. And you either try again or you don't for a very long time. Yeah. Um, it it, it's actually, soul-sucking. So I went for... I, I was baking quite almost constantly for a few years, and then I took almost like three years away from baking because I just couldn't stand like the taste of my own cooking like I couldn't Mm. fucking stand how it tasted and I'm like all right I'm just not gonna fucking bake anymore blah blah blah. and I just kind of stopped baking for a while and then I start picking it back up and I'm like holy shit this is actually you know a decent attempt what I was gonna say is most people don't like the way that their own food they've been cooking or baking tastes because you've been desensitized to it because you're smelling it the whole time. You've been yeah. tasting it as it goes so the final product isn't as good as it would be. Um, and so I always say like a sandwich is way better when someone else makes it for you. Like I'm sure an experienced baker knows exactly what their dough should look and feel like. But if you're just figuring it out, it's really, oh, it's hard. really hard. You just yeah. don't know if you're doing anything right. I don't it. bake breads because of that. 
Mm. I I've dabbled a little bit with bread. Um, I will say I even even if you kind of fuck up bread though, it's still good as long as it's yeah. not gluey. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, it's still soda yeah. bread. I'm just Stick gonna soda bread. I'm just gonna say I'm a good ass cook. Can't bake for shit. Brody's really good at cooking. Okay, we compliment each other. Can't cook for my life. Can't cook. like that because I, I just feel like American cooking like competition shows are just so they're really aggressive they're so aggressive and heartless and it's like there's always well, a time all, limit it's, about, it's a competition yeah. no also like we're very competitive certain, here for certain um, baking or cooking shows I should say in the US it's actually more about the head chef being able to run a rest like run a full kitchen staff mm-hmm and then knowing, being able to know, like, how to use different ingredients. Well, there's tons of baking no, shows, though, too. No, I'm talking about cooking shows, like Iron Chef or, like, Chopped and such. Yeah. They actually tell the head chefs what is going to be the ingredients that they have and what the mystery ingredient could be because they're given, like, three options. And depending on all of the other ingredients laid out, is what's going to determine what the mystery ingredient is going to be. Basically, so it's a reality can... TV show and everything's fake and they edit you so yeah. that you think you're watching competition. Well, really kind of. Not. Yeah. Kind of. Well, I've heard them. Iron Chef is actually pretty legit for what it is. More or less. Chop, chopped is too. They have those people in that studio for like 15 hours. Yeah. yeah. And the Chopped is pretty grueling. Um... But like what I mean, Alden though, Brown had a cooking show that I liked for a while too. I, I don't. Good. But that's sort of like the antithesis of what Great yeah, British Bake Off is Yeah, none of this is, is like the Great about, British Bake Off at all. Which is all very much like everyone's friends. It's pastels. We're all together. It takes place <laughs> in a very nice yard of a castle in a beautiful tent. Mm-hmm. It's very it magical. Awesome, like folks, people. Yeah, mm-hmm. Noel from the Noel. Mighty Boosh. There actually is. There was one part from the most recent season coming out that I really liked. There's a. One baker and she got eliminated. Unfortunately, I her my name favorites was, always get eliminated. Yeah, her name was Freya, and she oh, spe- she spe- I know right. She specifically did vegan baking for all of her competitions, Ugh. and well, that, that's a choice. That's a whole other choice, and it's like she's, if she's vegan. Her, I get it, but yeah, it's not going to be as good as the other stuff. I think that was like her thing. Like I am vegan, and I want to show like how good vegan baking can actually be. And you're gone. Bye. Have a well, good time. Granted, <laughs> granted she made it to like mid level, which is still that's pretty good for vegan baking. And even if like being like, there's like a million people who try it for Great Bish Bake Off, and like ten or twelve people actually get on there. Just it's just an honor to be in, in there. Well, it is, and uh, something we didn't touch on, but I, I was kind of apparent because we segued from Julia and Julia is that um, everybody in the Great British Bake Off are all home cooks and bakers. They um, they don't have any professional training. It's just they have full time jobs. They have families. This is just something they do on the side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is so wholesome. I always that's that's how you describe it's so wholesome. And whenever I try to get anyone to watch it, I'm like, look, it's visual serotonin. I mm-hmm. always took the Great British Baking Show as a way to show the rest of the world that the British can't cook. Well, you say that, <laughs> but all the people who really well, like it's baking, 
He's but baking. I mean, still. But I still feel like all myself... the people who do really well on that show always come from either German, Indian, or Italian backgrounds. No, they've had some straight up white people. They, they've had a few. Brody makes just... a good point, though, because they're people from different, different ethnicities on that um, show always pull the more unique um, flavor combinations. Yeah, which, they always know how to use like different spices. Which seems to be on a whole different level from the desserts that we eat here in America, because I've yeah. definitely had to Google a ton of stuff, but I feel like us as Americans, we do not eat that much fruit in our desserts compared to the no. Brits. We're all chocolate all day. Well, I don't even like chocolate that much, but... Like, you should give someone a cookie with also, a raisin in like it, and they will kill you. American sweets are far they more are heavily sweet. like sweetened oh, yeah, that's than other countries. So, when I went to London... For a few days. Well, I've had Cadbury. Mm. Well, I'm not even talking about Cadbury. It's just like a London or like an English dessert that I had in London was not as sweet. And I I tried it and I was actually rather surprised because me being the slightly uncultured American going to London for the first time. Well, there's a... um, I didn't know like how how sweet the food was going to be. European desserts in particular are not very sweet. It's more about like the flavors of what you're eating and the texture. Yeah, it was more flavorful. And Carrie, there's actually a traditional German bakery that I've gotten some stuff from. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I think a great example is the cream puff I had from there where an American cream puff, when you bite into the whipped cream, it is going to be over the top sweet. There, it's just like a snap, like a, just a touch of sugar, and it's more about the texture of the the bread yeah, it was... with the cream in it, with the subtle sweetness and the flakiness of the um, the puff. You know, yeah. it, it, it's a lot more nuanced. And um, as you as I've aged, I find that much more enjoyable than like a Gigi's cupcake. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, the cake that I had over in London was not sweet, but it was far more tasteful and had a lot more flavor than any cake that I've had in the U.S. I guess I gotta ask, I didn't really get to ask this question for Ratatouille though, and I think we oh, all yeah. know the, the answer for it, was for the dishes from Julia and Julia, the great British baking show, and for Ratatouille, which ones would you make? Would I make, or do I want to eat? I guess either. Both are either. Um, I mean, like, I, Ratatouille I has a pretty it. easy answer. Yeah. Ratatouille has the answer. It's in the name. The, what is it? The beef organ joint? Oh, you know beef bourguignon. Yeah, that Julia Love Child's beef bourguignon. What is that? If you don't like brisket, it's like the better version. It's like more It's more like Julia's brisket. It's, 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 it's Julia Child's, like, star recipe that real. That's It's like the yeah. big thing. Like, it's like the final recipe uh, Julia cooks in the movie. Yeah. It's like a big, slow-cooked beef drowned it's in like red wine. It's like a fancy pot roast. A lot of vegetables. Yeah. Wow. But there, there's, there's a process to cooking it. It's a, it's a little more complicated than I'm yeah. making it sound. I, I know like there's a lot of people who've kind of made like the dumbed-down crock-pot versions of it, but like the real That's deal French one is like way I more elaborate. I like crock-pot. That's what I want to eat. Good. If we're talking about from like, everything really, we've discussed so oh far, that's what I want someone to make for me. We mm. need to find a recipe that's just like the slowest cooked. Like juiciest meat, because like, I oh, love I, crock pot. If we're talking about we're talking like, about, we can like, do a pork food. shoulder rose. Yeah. Yes. Also, I, I will do a pork shoulder in my crock pot anytime. If we're talking about like, you know, three day cook time for like the best yes. results, uh, our buddy from the restaurant uh, told me about one time he made real deal tinkatsu ramen. 
Yo. Which is like you gotta you gotta simmer oh down some God. pork for Tupac's like three ramen. days to get it just right. That's actually the only ramen I've ever had, and it's the only one I ever order. It's the best ramen you'll ever get. I just I, I just saw it. I was like, that's for me. Um, and then it's like every time I go to this one ramen place, that's really good. That's all yeah. I get. I don't even want to try anything else. There was this one place in Charlotte I was at. It was like a big. Um, it's like right outside of downtown. It's like this big, uh, big industrial area made into like a big. Um, artsy fartsy place and one of the places there was a real deal tinkatsu ramen like stand and i'm like oh this is the most legit that broth though that broth i could just drink like cups of it every day all right so on the on the topic of food what is the most iconic ramen shop in anime yeah you know what i'm gonna say i don't have one i (laughs) i'm trying to do Brody and I do. Uh, uh, it's it's definitely Naruto. It's yeah. it's it's uh, what's his faces? Uh, Ichiraku Ramen Ichiraku from Naruto. Ramen. The oh one God. thing that kept Naruto alive. He had so much faith in humanity just because of that just because ramen one man no, would give him ramen. To be fair, after I eat Kentucky, imagine ramen, if he had a dad. <laughs> Look, and if you so have maybe today like, doesn't suck as much as I thought it did. If you have like a real ramen dish. Mm-hmm. Just your faith in humanity and its capability es- to be good. Especially if it's really cold outside. Uh, or raining. If it's really cold. Yeah. But yeah, no, like that ramen shop is the probably the most iconic anime ramen shop there mm-hmm. is. But kind of diving into some of the more iconic anime foods in general, what would you say? I mean oh, like Howl's Moving Castle breakfast scene with Calcifer. I was gonna sure. I was gonna say there's so many like there's Miyazaki so movie many. food scenes <laughs> we can talk about right now. Food is really important in all of the Miyazaki Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah, we should say Studio Ghibli. Yeah, Studio but Ghibli. in particular, the first thing I think of is absolutely um, the bre- the breakfast Sophie cooks for everybody on Calcifer. Not or tries like- to. I'll have to come in and finish <laughs> yeah. it. It's not yeah. even like a big elaborate thing. It's, it's literally just breakfast and it, like Calcifer bacon and eggs. Calcifer was so mad. He's like, you can't make me. May all your bacon burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Hal just comes down the stairs. All right, Calcifer, be nice. Don't burn the bacon. No, um, for me, it's literally bacon, eggs, and bread. And for some reason, oh it God. looks like the most delicious thing so I've ever amazing. seen in my entire life. But, but like the way easy. the way the oil splatters and the eggs fry yeah. up. It, it's really the 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 sounds of it all. Because like the sounds of breakfast mm. cooking in the morning is one of the most comforting things. I think. Oh yeah. It, it reminds me. It reminds me of my childhood. Back when someone would wake up and cook breakfast for me before I woke up. Look, that also reminds me of that banquet scene, though, in Spirited Away, mm-hmm. with the parent turning into pigs. Like, I know the food looks weird as hell, but why does that look so fucking good? Yeah, I, mean, I think right there's, there like, there's, like, one part where the dad, like, picks up some blobby thing. Which yeah. slurps that sucker up, and, like, and you're like, why the fuck do I want to do that, too? It I could either be a is. pork liver or a really bad onion, but somehow it looks delicious. Why does it look so good? And why would I be... I would be turned into a pig, too. Oh, absolutely. I would have oh, sat absolutely. right down... Put me in that like, boat. Huh? Yeah. That would have been the end of my story. I'm just picking Yeah, up. absolutely. Yeah, I would have not been the protagonist in that movie at all. No. Um, any other anime food we want to talk Ponyo. about? Ponyo! She liked ham. <laughs> Who doesn't like I actually, ham? Really, I actually just recently learned the trick that the, uh, the mom character does. So there's a scene where she's just, like, making a ramen for the kids and she has her own little trick where it's like a little at home ramen so it's not like the best but 
is she just puts the noodles in the bowl, dry noodles, puts in the hot water, and then puts like a plate over it, and then she lifts it up after a minute, and there's all these like eggs and ham and green onions in it's there. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. Yeah. Something to entertain kids. But I what would you do be, um... you just take like a little bit of melted butter and put it on the plate, put all the uh, uh, ramen ramen toppings on there, let it harden up. And you, then, put it in the fr- you put it in the fridge. You put it in the fridge, fridge solidifies everything. Yeah, it like glues it to the butter, like solidifies and glues everything to the plate. Mm-hmm. So when you put it o- the plate over the steaming hot bowl of yeah. water with the ramen noodles, it like thaws out the um, thaws the out the butter. Yeah. So everything just kind of falls onto. It's the not the most practical way of serving, but it's nice for a music. Oh my kid. gosh. It's uh, if we're going to uh, mention ramen dishes and talk about significant food over the past two years, we have to mention Parasite. Oh, Parasite? yeah. Yeah, we, the have to, we have to mention the Ramdan. That made me so angry. What? Uh, so, have you seen Parasite? No. Oh, wow. my God. We must first. So we were talking about having a movie night. Maybe that's what we should all watch together. Yeah, we got to watch it. We got to watch it. I, I, think, I think that's that the one that's on. Oh, no, no, no. You say that now. I, no. I know the premise. I know everything that goes on. The name, oh, so the it's name. ruined for you. Yeah. I, I how know is it? Well, God damn it. Like, how I know the ruined? husband lives in the basement. All right. You I said, already know that they live in the basement. It's Which important husband? to watch. I mean, you vaguely know the plot. You kind of don't know who does what. Look, I'm just going to say, I've met, I've, I've, I've watched it with a lot of people, and every time they start crying and have to call their dad. <laughs> it will floor it's that you. Good of a movie. It, it, it floors you. But there's the one scene where there's the uh, the rich house, the rich woman. The, she's the housewife of the like the big uh, mansion. He's daddy, and she's just like, yeah. Um, do you know how to make ramdan? It's like you take two packaged noodles together. It's like Japa spaghetti and one other. I can't remember because I looked up into trying to make it myself. But yeah, it's two very specific kinds of ramen. It's like yeah. We also have some sirloin in the freezer. Which, Put that um, in there. Side note, uh, steak in Korea is extremely expensive. And it's sirloin, so it's like the top t- top tier. Yeah, place. like so that's like meat that this family that is working for this wealthier family. Um, it's the mother of the working family that is uh, at home with the children uh, who's going to cook it. Yeah. She's the housekeeper. And um, I guarantee you in years, maybe even longer, they've never had a piece of meat that good in their lives. Even if you don't want to watch the movie, if it's not a... Which you should. You really should. But if subtitles aren't your thing, or if you don't like thrillers, um, you can look up the scene where they cook and eat this dish, because it really does look amazing. I would love to try it. Yeah. Is there any other food movies we want to mention real quick, guys? Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. No! (laughs) It's not the same. We went over this before, when we did notes. I I told you I was going to mock you if you brought this up. Ta- who cares about Taco Dinos? No. no. Is, that, is that in the second one, though? Yeah. Okay, so I've only seen the first one. Look, here's my, here's my big... That's your food, Jeff. That's your food. Here's my gripe. That's your food. We've been here talking about how, how food requires passion and love to make and understanding yourself and your artistry. Yes, but you're living in the... Nation. This shit falls out the sky. The flim de fleur make, it's, makes it. It makes it. It turns water into food. It's a machine. It turns water into food. Bill Hader had to make that for everybody, okay? Okay, Bill Hader's cool. Everything else is bad. <laughs> Mr. T's also in this movie. <laughs> well, Mr. T's, Mr. T's a has been. His, Just um, doesn't his chest hairs tingle when there's trouble? Yeah. I don't know. Yes, 
my chip hands are tingling. Yeah. Look, I'm, it, it's it's not a food movie. It's, not, it's like not a food movie, but it is overtly just about food. All at the same time. It's a food movie. It's, it's not a food movie. It's just a movie about food. There's no culinary passion. Well, what about the amazing restaurant scene where, like, there's a restaurant in this city. Um, I'm going to assume everybody knows what this movie is. Even if you haven't seen it, um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs kind of surmises everything. It rains food. Like, it rains food in a town where all they can eat is sardines. That's the plot. Hold on. The, The children's book is about this kid. He's like, oh, what if food, you know, fell from the sky? And it literally rains meatballs and a few other ones. For like a day or two, and that's the story. IRL, he's daydreaming and staring out of his window in school. It's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. It's like the it's period wonderful. right before lunch. It is, yeah, it's exactly. Honestly, it is like a wholesome, very short kid story that the movie is based off of. But the movie takes a premise where the premise of like quote unquote climbing with a chance of meatballs and turns it into a literal thing for film. And Flynn. He, he, he just he needs to make a machine he that uses water to that... make food, and it gets shot up into the sky, and oh, what luck, his girlfriend's also a meteorologist, um, <laughs> and it starts raining food in this really small uh, town that's an island that's covered up on the world map by letters, uh, all they, their big export sardines, all they eat is sardines, and now they have all this amazing food falling from the sky, and it becomes like a tourist trap. But of course, you know, the machine malfunctions, yada, yada, yada. That's not really the point. Like, the, the what what's good about this movie is when it rains ice cream on some kid's birthday and they get yes. to sled down giant mounds of ice cream. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. Yes, it would. And in the second one, they you know what basically... You amazing? They abandoned... Hold up. They, at the very end of the first movie, they all kind of leave the, the island that they were from because they can't live there and... They're just they're rotten like, food. Realistically, yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it's oh, a nightmare. Yeah. They can't live there, so they all move out. And I'm still, FYI, I'm still I looking have, for the damn cookbook. I'm going dumb, to find it. Before I have a dumb question while you do your Google. Is it, is it vegan if it's made out of water? Yeah, you yeah, know that's a that's a really good point because it would everything else would have to be synthetic. Yeah, like correct? If, like it yeah, wouldn't it would be. Have if to. I'm following the logic of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs perfectly. He, there's a machine that takes water and does some weird ass alchemy and turns it into cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's vegan, right? It's like yeah, yeah. it has to be because it's like lab grown cow. It's not real cow. It's beyond beyond meat. Yeah, the great beyond the great in the sky. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I was saying earlier though, there is a restaurant, and I've only seen the first movie, but there's a restaurant. Um, that opens up in town and it doesn't have a roof and the menu is whatever it starts yeah. raining and they just hold up their plates and wait for everything to fall. What a shitty fall. business plan. Why would you pay money for that? I don't know if they're paying money. It wasn't really addressed. It, it, it's on, It's a really fun um, animated movie. It's it's not like um, an award winner by any means, but it's a good time. It's not a serious good food movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not a serious movie at all. Success! I what? fucking found it! We found it? Yes. Uh, we were having a quick Google break for uh, something very specific that Rose wanted to mention. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, right now. well, kind of. Oh, a little bit. So it's food. We don't need book. to. We don't need to talk about Skyrim food. We can do that another day. No, it's not even Skyrim. I told oh. you. But it did lead. Look, looking up for that damn book did lead oh, me to it. If you want it to learn how to make sweet the, rolls, yeah. The official 
Avatar: The Last Airbender cookbook. They're also in Fallout. I'm sure the Fallout yeah, cookbook the Fallout, is found. I found. I found the Fallout yeah. one too. I'm looking at this. You know, I love me some Avatar. Mung bean and tofu curry. Monkeyatsu's fruit pies. I love that. Oh, jasmine green tea. That's nice. Green tea's delicious. Sizzle crisps. This is why I want it so I'm badly. I'm just seeing like a picture of some what I can only assume is some burnt ass bacon. And they all are bacon burn. And Look, it's sizzle names, crisps. The names of these recipes are are just like that's why I wanted to bring it up. That's so a fun badly. one because like all I remember like all of the animals are fictitious, so it's like I wonder yeah. if I can find some sea cucumbers for well, dinner tonight. One of the other episodes we recorded recently. Sea cucumbers are real, but they sound me, fake. Um, they do sound fake. Is that um, uh, all the animals in Avatar are a combination of two animals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just mix two things together. Except but... for the bear. I'm sure somebody out there has bear. Yeah. There's like the the whole thing where it's like the guy's being attacked by a uh, platypus Rose bear. Rose is showing me an Adventure Time cookbook, and um, <laughs> Brody made. I'm a face. sure there's like a like a whole chapter that's just uh, Jake burritoing whatever's oh, in the fridge or just like the or just bacon pancakes making bacon pancakes I also found the Assassin's Creed cookbook. what do they have? I Man, a lot of I, these are unofficial you know I take too. that back there's like three of them that take no, place in so Italy most of these are official the Skyrim one is unofficial the Skyrim one is unofficial but the the Avatar The Last Airbender that's an official Nickelodeon. I don't know if it's official, but you definitely showed me the Ichiraki, Ichiraki Ramen while we were talking Naruto. Yeah, I did. Also, just like, there's a lot of other, like, uh, recipe adaptations from uh, films and TV stuff. Look up the YouTube channel Basics, or not Basics. Well, Binging basically. with Babish. Binging, Binging with Babish. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's a culinary senses. It'll please you. It'll make you happy. Uh, I think he got really popular doing um, all the Bob's Burgers. He did the Bob's Burgers. Yeah, the Bob's Burgers, which is which really cool. Which has the cookbook. I don't know if that's official or not. I, I think, I think it is official. That would be a good one. Yeah, that I'm, would that would be fun. Well, because who doesn't love a burger? All right. Let me go that, and find... That also proposes another thing. Like, are there any, like, big fictitious foods that you'd want to eat? A dinosaur oh, taco? I, um... Taco When we first discussed um, this premise, the, the first thing that popped into my head was oh. definitely the hook and the Lost Boys scene uh, mm. with Peter Pan, Robin Williams' is Peter Pan, and all the Lost Boys and Rufio sitting down for their imaginary food slash food fight. Also, just to side note, how fucking pleasant wonderful and comforting is the movie hook it's so good um rose has never rose has never seen it never never (laughs) seen it to completion let me allow me to kind of pinpoint that rufio 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 you get that right no ow what about bang rang yes okay 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 have you you've seen like the dinner scene though right Maybe. It's been years. So it starts with all the, the big long table and all the uh, Robin Williams, Peter Pan, and the Lost Boys sitting around. They like take everything out and all the plates are empty. And it's like, oh, cool. It's, all, it's all like a plot point um, for Robin Williams, who is Peter, Peter Pan, to learn how to use his imagination again. Mm-hmm. Which he has been struggling with because he's a businessman who does business things. Yeah. And as soon as he learns how to imagine the food and use his imagination, the food like appears. And, and it's 
and it looks like um like if a colorful pastel trifle just threw up everywhere yeah. but like in the best way possible mm-hmm. Every, <laughs> no, like it's everything's colorful and creamy looking yeah. and soft yeah and like slap well it's really good for them to have the food fight with after but there's the like oh, yeah, you know it, it just looks more. like the most amazing time and i remember as a kid being like i wish i could do that like i wish i could will a table of food into existence a la harry potter in the great hall even though i know <laughs> it's the house elves pushing it up i still wish I still so wish I, I could do it. I just Googled this. Um, none of them are official, but there are like five different versions of the Bob's Burgers cookbook. So one of you guys will have to go and pick your favorite version. I'm sure we can just them. Google recipes for that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. sure if we had to pick another like fictitious like food or restaurant, Bob's Burgers. Bob knows what's up with his burgers. Yeah, he knows what's up, but there's never anyone in Wizards there. Of Wade, really yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> I sit He's... in the back, order the burger of the day, keep to myself. Keeps to have some headphones on and just enjoy myself. I would yeah. probably go to Wizard the like the sandwich shop from Wizards of Waverly Place. Hmm. A fictitious restaurant I would go to. Shit. I know I we didn't, didn't rehearse this. No, I know that's There's a re- so that's many. a really good question. I I'm, I'm trying to think. For me, oh, you oh. want to know where I really want to go? Do you guys watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Oh my god, yes. So that fish restaurant that they always go to, that they turn that hotel lobby into a restaurant for every episode. Mm-hmm. I want to go eat there with the gang. I want to try the 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 um <laughs> what is the red snapper? There's always some fish they want that they're out of. I've eaten at three broomsticks. Oh, the real one? Wait, the wait. The one in Universal Studios? Oh, I, oh, I have two, yeah. Yeah. The third room sticks, it's amazing. Like Oh actually, actually I don't think I ate in there. I think I went in and said fuck this and left. It was really <laughs> crowded. <laughs> yeah, it is well. I did get a butter beer though. Gotta get the butter beer. No, you ha- like when you get a butter beer, you have to get and I mean have to get because this is the one of the coolest souvenirs you will ever get. Have to get it in a souvenir glass, because they change. I have two I have the original oh, Butterbeer mug. I thought they were trying to rip me off. <laughs> no, the original Butterbeer mug I have when they like. I got frozen Butterbeer. Me too. Because it was hot as shit in Orlando. It is. When you <laughs> go get, like, I have the original one that they opened with. So they opened the restaurant and they had one type of mug. And then the next time I went, they actually changed the mug style. Oh, that's really cool. So I got, I have both of like the two original mugs. You know, I'm reflecting on my last few visits to Islands of Adventure and I. For some reason, always end up eating in the Lost World Jurassic Park. You know, that, that because they do really they good. do rice and chicken bowls there, and I'm always like, "Yep," because I've been drinking and eating like shit. I need yes, to just go eat some chicken and some rice eat. and vegetables. Yes, but if you go to a place like that, one of the coolest, and it's well worth eating in Whoville is cool too, because that's where you get all the chicken tendies and stuff. Yes, it's where you get the chicken tendies and the um, inside decorations oh. are top tier. Gertie is like playing with Brody. Yeah, I just, I, I'm just like. Karate We're glad it's finally her. happening. But yeah, I really, really like to eat at that restaurant from It's Always Sunny because they just always talk about how it's the best, and I never actually see them eat anything there. And I think it would be funny to get a really nice Can meal I... and then watch the gig cost some shit. It's like the big thing that we're all taking away is it like, it's always just a symbol for like love and passion. Yeah, nurturing. You're nurturing those around you with mm-hmm. your food. Uh, like literally and you're, figuratively you're nurturing putting them. a little bit of yourself in everything you make and I think that that really resonates with metaphorically. a lot of things. metaphorically unless you're 
Hannibal Lecter. Well, <laughs> we've all had hate, hate made food made with hate, and it really doesn't taste as good, oh, even if you're just making. We've it all been yourself. to Waffle House, yeah. <laughs> no, not Waffle House. They make all their food with love. No, okay. I've never had a bad, you know bad that? experience at Waffle House, at least with the food. Did you <laughs> know that Viva has a Waffle House indicator? Yeah, yes. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it for the people listening at home? So, if you don't know this, FIBA has, which is the federal FEMA, Federal like, Emergency Something. Mandatory they're like evacuation. They're like the first people or, who like, help matter. out with flooding and natural disasters. Yeah. And yada, yada, yada. So, one of the ways, they found out <laughs> that there is a certain number of... Well, Sorry, I'm still just laughing over you going, federal and then EMA. <laughs> Ah yes, the federal EMA. <laughs> no, I loved it. It's I like, yeah, that's know. a great. It's a federal organization. That's all we know. Yeah. <laughs> so, like Brody said, they're one of like the first responders to move in after a massive like natural or man-made disaster, mm-hmm. and in the U.S. And they found out that there are a certain number of waffle houses within a region or urban area. If most or half of your waffle houses are closed that is like an indicator to that show everything should be closed that yeah. like no how fucked you are like how fucked your community is because if people are still going to work at fucking waffle house after a hurricane you're fine yeah well, it probably wasn't a bad you hurricane you guys are envisioning a big crew if you don't know because they don't have waffle houses up north but it's literally like you they only do. need two people to run that bitch no yeah. you do have waffle houses up do you? What's, no, the, what's the, the most northern thing. Waffle House? I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm Googling it. Kentucky? Uh, I've, I was under the impression it's a southern chain because when Anthony Bourdain goes to South Carolina, he goes to Waffle House. <laughs> oh can, we, can we just talk about Anthony Bourdain? For a oh, we can do it. Yes. Oh, why didn't we? We just need to, you know, make well, him I mean, it just goes piece. back to him being like, you know, it's, it's all about having fun and it's... Oh, oh, and just to go back, the most, the most, I just googled most northern Waffle House, Ohio. Ohio. That's that 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 sounds about right. Actually, yeah, right. <laughs> I yeah. have family in Ohio. But yeah, but yeah Anthony, Anthony Bourdain, because like he's another one of those legend. fishy characters who worked back of house. His book and, is amazing. If you haven't read it, Kitchen Confidential, everyone should read it. It's yeah, um, he, it's wonderful. He worked every job in the restaurant industry. He's a fucking legend. I think he also has a documentary coming out called Roadrunner. That, yeah. That may have come out by I now. I just love how he it. describes his back-of-house crew as, like, uh, pirates. And every day they're, you know, they're oh, just taking exactly the world. It yeah. it's, it's a crew. They're some savvy <laughs> characters. Yeah, to say the least. We're all Fueled by cocaine and ale. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all characters from Hook. Yeah. Shoot. Rose, you haven't seen Hook. <laughs> <laughs> They're all a bunch of children imagining everything together in that okay, back of look, house. If you work in a restaurant, you are an overgrown child. Because there's no way you can actually stand the amount of Karens who walk through that door without losing their oh, head. Oh, yeah, the Karens. The fucking Karens. Do y'all have any good Karen stories? Uh, no. Uh, no. Good? No. I don't have anything good to say. I have about one good like one that, that oh, I. Oh, you gotta share. And, like, of course, like, there's probably better Karen stories from people who've worked in restaurants. Well, if you say one and one, like, oh, I actually do have a good one, but it's not that. You, I'll, you, I'll say you mine go first. with yours, Brady. So, it, I was working in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was the same taco shop from, like, the other person who just fucked up his order and blamed everyone else. Okay. And I was hosting there for a little bit. 
and and it's North Carolina. And the thing about North Carolina is we always have Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. Because North Carolina's Pepsi's a Pepsi Carolinas. product, and we never shut up about it. Yeah, no, Newburgh, North Carolina is the home of Pepsi. Yeah, we have to. We gotta. You gotta yeah. represent the brand. It's, it's probably also way cheaper to buy within the state. Yeah, probably. But well, I don't know but the logistics of that. But I do I mean, know that they their response time for repairs and whatnot are really good compared to <laughs> other services I have. Other companies. But I was working front. I was working like front of house doing host stuff, and I had one woman come in. And she's just like, "Hey, I want to look at the menu. This yada yada yada. Everything looks good." Uh, do y'all have Coke or Pepsi products? And I'm just like, oh, we have Pepsi products. And she's just like, what? No. Fuck you. Are you, are you telling me you have Pepsi products? This is America. I will never forget the way she screamed, this is America, at me. <laughs> Oh, I have a good Had the Childish Gambino song come out yet? Um, that's exactly... I'm sure that's what that was about. <laughs> and I'm, and, I, and I, I didn't take her serious, so I'm just like, I, I mean... Pepsi is from North Carolina. Pepsi's American. And she's just like, no, we're leaving. We're going to the fancy restaurant up the up the road. And they're, I'm like, they're gonna have Pepsi too. <laughs> are you really about to fucking carry your way out of this restaurant and go to a something with a, like a thirty dollar steak so you can drink fucking Coca Cola? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People people do the people are so weird about the food that they eat. And one people of the, are and just weird about the restaurants in general. They're just strange. And that she had a friend with her and I could tell like she was trying to calm her down and stuff, and it's like, whoa, no, 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 hold on, hold on. You got, you guys have beer, right? And it's like, yeah, we got beer. And it's like, see, they, they have something you'll drink. <laughs> they don't have Bud Light, though, so. What? A, this is America. <laughs> the best friend of the carriage is always, like, the best person. Don't catch you sipping now. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm coming You had to out. say it. No, don't do it. You're not allowed to. Someone no. say something really poignant right now. Um... <laughs> So I don't have any, I probably have a slew of um, instances like that. I've been working in restaurants forever, but one that like actually haunts me from when I was younger. Um, I was working hibachi when I lived in Colorado and I had like three tables and mind you, that's at least like 15 people per table. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was really busy. My manager was just dicking around by the bar and I had a a mother and a daughter that kind of did fall by the wayside at one table because the other people on the side were like an eight top that required more attention and I was overwhelmed. So at the end, they call me over and they're upset and like, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff that you're on, but like, hey, you have a coupon, we can use it. Turns out um, it was like a fucking holiday I didn't know about and I couldn't use the coupon and my manager was like, no, it's a holiday, we can't use a coupon. So I go back and tell this woman, hey, I'm sorry, I know I told you we could use that coupon, but um, today's actually this holiday and we can't use it. She proceeds to just berate the shit out of me. I'm already having like a really bad day and my manager comes over and she is literally screaming at him about me because I am just smiling at her while she's yelling at me and I don't seem upset enough. She's literally bitching my manager out because I'm not upset enough at the things she is saying to me. Yeah. And because I look happy and I'm like, look lady, I got a poker face, man. <laughs> I, am, I am so upset on the inside right now, but you're not gonna see that shit. And that was still like to this day, probably one of the weirdest fuck, like, you are here on a 5 o'clock dinner with your fucking daughter spending 80 bucks on sushi. I wish my life was that good. Fuck off. Like, I, I don't care. I have one. I just remembered this. Is okay. it the trash story? <laughs> Tell the yeah. trash story. The trash story. <laughs> oh, this is oh, bad. Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, my God. This, this chick was weird to begin with. So, 
She wasn't even a customer. No, she wasn't. She wasn't even a customer. She was okay. just somebody. Yeah, no, someone can literally just walk in. Okay, so this lady, um, it's summer era. It's like the late morning shift. The hosts haven't come in yet. Mm -hmm. We're about to transition from morning to night crew, uh, but like that transition is still about an hour, maybe two hours away. Yeah. Right, just to give you the kind of the time frame of when this happens. This lady comes in. She's got a coffee cup in her hand. She comes up to me, and I'm talking to her. She goes, do you have beer? I'm like, yes, ma'am. This is a beer garden. We have mm -hmm. a craft beer selection. We don't carry any of the domestic beers, but we have a variety of beers that you may be interested in trying. So I spend, like, five fucking minutes with this lady trying to pick out a beer. So we pick out a beer. I expect her to either take a damn table yeah. or go to the bar. Right. Lady's like, I'll come back. My fucking god, I just had five minutes with you. Yeah. Picking out a goddamn beer. And now you're going to tell me that you're going to come back later. All right. Smile. All right. And I go, yes, ma'am. Of course. Mm -hmm. You know, feel free to join us whenever you're, you want. She walks away, goes out of the restaurant, goes outside. We have a patio seating area that's fed, like covered by a fence. Yeah. Goes outside of the fence and starts talking to every other table that's out there. Oh, no. And I'm like, That's I'm looking a at her. red flag right there. I'm looking mm -hmm. at her. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go about my time. I completely forget about this woman because it's 10 minutes later. Most of the people who say, I'll, I'll come back, never fucking do. All right. That's just never. their polite way of being like, I need an out or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like, they never fucking do. She wanted free beer samples. And that's why you always have to be like, look, go grab a table and we'll help you. <laughs> so... I, you know, about two hours later, shift change is occurring, and I see one of the coworkers for night crew going up to this woman, and I look over, and it's the same lady from this from earlier, mm -hmm. but she still has her damn coffee cup. So I go up to my coworker, I'm like, hey, I helped this lady already, I'll, you know, help her, I, I can work with her. I dismiss my coworker. She walks away, and this lady is like, do you have a garbage can? We don't have a garbage can out on our floor and on our floor means like in the dining area right. we do have garbage cans in the back it's not a really big deal if a co like a customer comes up and is like hey can you throw this out for me because i don't see a trash yeah, can there are also trash cans that are maintained by the plaza 10 less than 10 feet from our fence yeah it still goes to a sidewalk where there are always public trash cans yeah i mean within say, plain sight yes this woman, had she turned around, she would have seen the fucking trash can when she was mm -hmm. talking to our tables while she was standing outside of our fence. Right. This lady's like, you don't have a trash can? I'm like, no, ma'am, we don't have any out on the floor, but we do have some in the back. I can throw out your your uh, coffee cup for you. This lady goes, what do you mean you don't have trash can? I'm like, ma'am, we have them in the back. Mm -hmm. It starts getting louder and louder as she starts screaming in my face about not having a trash can out on the floor. I am starting Ma'am, trash cans are for customers only, but this is North Carolina, so all of our bathrooms are public. If you just walked your ass over to one, you would see there's a trash can in there. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many solutions to a problem that she's trying she to She just wanted out. somebody no. to yell at that day, and that's like so ultimately she, what this is all about. So our yeah. manager mm -hmm. is on staff, Jess wasn't managing that day, but um, our manager on shift is less than 20 feet from me and helping a table. The table is in plain sight, and one of the uh, party people, or one of our customers sitting at that party, uh, like, I just so happened to make eye contact with him, 
Mm-hmm. And this lady is like, as her volume is starting to ramp up, like the entire restaurant at the like the top of her like voice can hear her. Yeah. As she's starting to progressively get louder, I'm starting to freak out and panic. So I start doing like little like eye contact with our customer. Customer finally goes to the manager. Hey, I think you need to help your server. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the manager whirls around and go like books it over to me just as this lady like hits the highest volume she can and starts screaming at my face. I turn on my heel and I flee. When I say I flee, I fled to the back. Like one second I was there, another I was gone. I fled to the fucking back. Manager like chases after me to make sure that I'm okay. Cause all she saw was me fucking book it as soon as she came over to the customer. And like I broke down crying cause I like was not prepared to deal with this bitch yelling at my face. Specifically, just like because very of a fucking in trash face. can. Yeah, fucking trash can. So, like, I go through. Be kind to those that help you every day with anything that you need to get so done. So I'm like That's in the, the back, crying, and the and rest, if you're hangry, get a fucking beer. get a get a Snickers. <laughs> go eat the Snickers. Satisfied. Beer. Right. So I'm crying. <laughs> night anyway. crew. The rest of the night crew comes in, and the first thing that one of my coworkers goes. She looks at me and goes, who do I have to fight? I don't fucking care. Where is he? I'm like, it was a woman. All right, which bitch do I have to beat down? Nice. And I'm like, look, I love you, but she's gone. Because apparently she, like, got kicked out or something in between me fleeing. And, like, she just either left or got kicked out or whatever. So fast forward about a half hour later, I've calmed down. I've clocked out. I'm sitting with one of our regulars. Now, regular looks to me. He's this old British gentleman. Let's call him G. Yeah, let's call him G. Let's call him Ron Weasley. <laughs> he would love that. Come on. So Ron looks at me. He doesn't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> He's Probably British. That. He knows. He's British. He'll, so, he'll know him as Rupert Grant. <laughs> okay, so we're sitting around with Rupert. Yeah, he looks to me and he's like, "Didn't I hand you some trash?" Like an hour before, <laughs> and that's what I he looked does. Around, and I'm like, he's like, "Do you have a trash can?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll just throw it away. That's no problem." An hour later, this lady comes back in to scream aye, at me, aye. and he looks at me. He goes, "Wow, quite the show!" And our bartender, let's call him Bruce Wayne. He Bruce, would love oh, that. okay. Um, his name <laughs> is old. Robin. Oh. <laughs> Dick, Dick Grayson. Can we call him Dick? And I think well, he, would, I think he would like that too. No, it's Robin. Robin. It's, it's Robin. the most insulting thing we can say. <laughs> okay, so Robin comes over to me because I'm sitting at the bar and like tear straight face because I'm like trying to calm down. Mm-hmm. Robin comes right up to me and says, God damn it, Rose. I wish I had the crazy ones. The crazy ones never come to me because I know exactly how to like get them to leave. Yeah. And I'm like, well, next time someone comes yelling in about a trash can, I'll politely direct them to you, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should. And Robin then, will save the day on that one. And then Jess, <laughs> oh man, Jess was pissed when mm-hmm. she heard about this. I felt like you weren't backed up and supported correctly, if I'm being honest with you, in that time. I also gave Rose... Um, her, uh, their favorite cider sign too to I compensate love, for the pain. 
I love Ace Ciders. Ace is my favorite. Ace Pineapple is really fucking bomb. Oh, yes, yeah. it if is. You, if you need some sugar, get some Ace Pineapple. Yeah. So I know we've just touched on like a few of the negative experiences we've had in restaurants, but like ultimately I've had way more good than bad. Oh yeah, no, yeah. it's it's been as a customer it's, it's, the and bad as ones an employee. Just stick with you, you know. Well, there is one good story. Kind of just top it off with like a nice good feeling. I had mm. a really shit day, and this is like really early on when I just, around the time I finished training, so about three years ago, I had a really shit God, day. I was, long. like, really rough on myself. I, like, I don't know. I've been stressed all day. And the chef turns to me and threw an orange. She's like, Rose. I'm like, yes. She threw an orange at me and said, look, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, but don't let the good bad days outweigh the good. And I looked down at the orange I look back at her and she goes, don't tell anyone. And I'm like, this is how you support your staff. Yeah. But I just like. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it was a clementine. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Yeah, because she tosses those around. She loves, she loves food fights. No, really. She wants to (laughs) make sure everybody gets enough vitamin C so they don't get sick and call out. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just like that sentiment though of her recognizing like, look, you had a bad day. You know, here's. Here's just something, like a little silver lining. Yeah. We will have an episode probably coming up sooner rather than later where we will be watching Waiting and And putting in our discussion. We'll have a more full-blown restaurant industry discussion uh, and a discussion of that movie, which is one of my favorite dumb comedies of all time. (laughs) It's it's a dumb comedy, but if you you watch it and you get it, you just get it. I'm excited to see it. I've never seen it. Oh, Rose, you're going to love it. We'll have to watch it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other final thoughts for the days, guys? Um, I feel like we covered a lot of really good stuff. Okay, as a closer, I had the best... I have the best question. Okay. Oh, no, 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 go for it. No, 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 this is probably better than that. (laughs) We can do both and see which one works. Okay. What is the one food, fictional, real, whatever, from, like, all of the franchises, or even, like, not from a franchise? Of all of, like, fiction and... And all of existence and 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 fiction and reality, like, non-fiction. What is the one food you will never eat? Never eat? No. Uh, okay. There isn't anything that I won't try. I don't think. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm a foodie. I lo- I'll I'll try anything once unless I'm allergic to it. I've pushed a lot I of limits. I need to think about that one a little bit. I will um, have to answer that next time. Actually, I so for example, like I had duck liver pate not too long ago, and I never ooh. thought that would be something that I would be uh, that I would like. But um, I was very down to try it, and I enjoyed it. And same with um, raw octopus and raw scallops. I never thought that that would be something that I would eat. And I, I have something. I have an answer. Uh, have y'all played Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild? Not a little yet. bit, and we don't need to talk like, about. How so there's I've like played. a there's like a small cooking element, and if you really fuck up, you get something called a dubious food. <laughs> oh no! Which is yeah, but sometimes the dubious food you make, you're like, whatever. I know this would be good. Yeah, but like the fact that they don't even show it to you, and they have to Whoa. pixelate it on the menu and it's just like it's shit <laughs> if using my keen eye for detail i can assume it's like a purple chicken wing with some green stuff on it <laughs> well, I, it's like a void chicken from stardew valley uh, yeah but i'm just <laughs> but i'm just thinking like if there's a food item so bad that they won't even show it in the game uh, it's probably not great so uh 
I um I think this should be posted near Thanksgiving, if not on it. Soon or, enough. Yeah, soon enough. At some point. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll get we'll get up there. But I hope everybody, even if you're not celebrating, has a wonderful day. Yeah. On Thanksgiving. I hope you know the true history of Thanksgiving. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. We we said fuck Christopher Columbus enough in the last episode. Or no, two. but we do have to acknowledge how shitty of a holiday Thanksgiving is. Yeah, yeah that's true. If you want to know why, you're allowed, you're allowed go to Google it. Yeah, you're allowed to enjoy it, but you gotta know the history. Yeah, you know the, the true history. For me, the, it's about just getting together with my family and spending time together yeah. and eating. Very yeah. little to do with the actual history of... The history is important, but, but sitting down with the meal with, with your with your family, that's family. what it's about. Yeah, it is. So. And I hope you survive it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. For everyone who hates their in-laws, best of luck. There will be a bar. The holidays somewhere. are among oh, yeah, us. But... <laughs> but I'm also gonna say, like, don't don't go to a bar. Don't make people have to work on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like, I... no, that, that's fine. Cause cook for yourself. Else. No, Every... don't don't go out. Stock up. Actually, you know what? Yeah, Jess is right. Stock no. up on alcohol. Stock up. Don't. Yep. Just, it's two days. Don't go out. Don't make people who get stuck working those shifts every year have to work. It, it, they want to be with their family. I mean, you know, some people do want to make money, but I'm telling you, like most there of them, there is no money to be made. No, most but of them want to be at home with their families. Don't go, go don't go fucking out. Don't go do to it. the store. Make you know, make a list of all the alcohol that you like, all the everything that's gonna get you through mm-hmm. the, the next few days. Doesn't have to be the good stuff. It just has to be a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. That that that's the <laughs> and uh, be like me and just uh, play some Animal Crossing. Yeah. Or you know, get get that uh, get that PC out and just ignore the world. Yeah. Play video games. Read a book. Stay inside. Play video games. Don't talk to anyone. Yeah, have don't a good go Thanksgiving. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. Have a happy Thanksgiving from one frame off. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, guys.